Policies of Exclusion, Poverty and Health, Stories from the Front Compiled with Introduction and Reports Written by Crystal Ocean Copyright 2005 Wise Group Acknowledgements This project would never have been undertaken without the encouragement and support of Ronnie Phipps, my friend and coordinator of the BC Coalition for Health Promotion. Ronnie's support was unwavering, despite her many commitments, and was especially strengthened during my bad times. Second only to Ronnie is Agnes Louie, Programs Officer at Status of Women Canada. Both women believed in me when I could not believe in myself. Ali Stubbs of the Vancouver Island Province Community Association helped Ronnie and I bring the group Wellbeing Through Inclusion, Socially and Economically, wise for short, into existence. Soon after, Bonnie Thompson, Sheila Sanders of the Cowichan Valley Basket Society, and Cornelia Wickey of Cowichan Women Against Violence Society joined us. All five women became members of the board when WISE temporarily established itself as a non-profit society in April 2004. Around the same time, Pam Clement began adding her enthusiastic encouragement. These wonderful women stayed the course until WISE outgrew the need for their guardianship. Margaret Hess of the Canadian Mental Health Association Cowichan Valley Branch offered facilities and administrative support. She was also instrumental in the project obtaining additional funding from the Vancouver Foundation. Patty Lusk and Sonia Young, both at the CMHA office, have been particularly helpful and kind. Beth Stewart contributed her marketing, recruitment, and writing skills. Without Beth's efforts early in the project, we may not have enlisted such a fine group of women. Angela Scotton came on board originally as one of the storytellers. She has since helped share the load. Her enthusiasm, sensitivity, business acumen, and community relations skills have been a boon to this project and to WISE. We thank Pamela Sangster for contributing the powerful cover photo. According to Pamela, she was walking down a street in Ireland when she spotted the concrete statue of a nude woman, well, she does have boots on, standing in front of a closed door. Quote, it spoke volumes, unquote. Not least, we are grateful to our major funders, Status of Women Canada and Vancouver Foundation. Status of Women provided additional help in a contribution toward the cost of printing and binding this book. We note them as sponsors of two of our stories. Finally, the women for whom this project was proposed, the storytellers, deserve the greatest credit of all. I cannot name them to protect their identity, but they know who they are. Women, you courageously told your stories and then let them go because you wanted to make a difference. You are making a difference. I cannot adequately express how grateful I am to have met you, how proud I am to know you, and how much I admire what you have done. To every one of you, thank you. Crystal Ocean Introduction in the summer of 2003, in exasperation with a system that appeared to have no heart, a woman named Chris wrote her story of painful marginalization. 
With the urging of friends, the story came to the attention of an understanding programs officer at Status of Women Canada. Together, they convinced Chris to write a proposal for a project. From that beginning, the group Wellbeing Through Inclusion, Socially and Economically, WISE for short, was conceived, and its project, Policies of Exclusion, Poverty and Health, Stories from the Front, was born. This book represents the results of that project. It was produced for and by the storytellers themselves, and by Chris, whose real name is Crystal Ocean. Funded by Status of Women Canada and the Vancouver Foundation, the project had a twofold purpose. A. To collect stories from women living below Canada's poverty line, and B. To provide a vehicle for these women to raise their concerns to the general public and policy makers. Matching that purpose, the project unfolded in two phases. The first involved the difficult yet powerful process of story collection. The second involved the women working together to develop recommendations for the elimination of poverty in Canada. The outcomes of both phases contain surprises, some shocking, some defying contemporary research and expectations. There were three criteria for eligibility. 1. The participant must be female. 2. Her household income must fall below Statistics Canada's low-income cutoffs, LICOs 2003. And 3. She must live in the Cowichan Valley, a geographical region on Vancouver Island encompassing small urban and rural communities. I had set an arbitrary figure of 24 as the maximum number of stories to be collected. While this number was obtained, one storyteller was subsequently disqualified, one withdrew, and another moved out of province. The remaining 21 stories are included in this book. While the women were given the choice of writing their own stories or having one of two interviewers assist them, I urged the latter, since my own experience suggested that the process might be too painful for them to go through alone. It was key that the stories and the process do justice to the women and their experiences, and that the stories reveal who these women were in terms of overall values and attitudes. This was about addressing stereotypes and especially about honoring the wishes of my newfound friends. As the project progressed, it became obvious how much these women wanted to see themselves in their stories not just the facts of their lives in poverty. All stories except two are 2,500 words. All stories are in the first person and in the women's own words. Participants were not introduced to the others until after their stories were completed. Two stories, including my own, were written by the women themselves. Three stories, having begun by interview, were completed by the participants. Fifteen of the stories in this book were derived from the transcript of one-on-one meetings between the storyteller and myself. Transcript lengths ranged from 5,000 to 12,000 words. All questions were open-ended. The word interview is used loosely. 
I would insert questions only if, when the, within the course of a story's unfolding, questions relevant to the project had not been addressed. In the last session, a storyteller was given print copies of her story and the transcript, everything she had said on tape. This allowed comparison between the transcript and the final product. In seven of the fifteen cases, portions from sessions done with original interviewer Beth Stewart were included in the final outcome. When I started doing story interviews, I expected the women would be more distraught during the process than turned out to be the case. Time and again, I heard the words validating, empowering, and I saw in the women's faces a new pride. As they listened to me read their stories out loud in our final session together, it was clear they felt sadness, but it was also clear they heard their own strength. I am guessing most had not known it was still there. The process proved to be as valuable to the women as the outcome, the story itself. In keeping with the principle that guided this project from the outset, the two reports included at the end of this book, Phase 1, The Issues, and Phase 2, The Recommendations, are written in the first-person plural. The stories in this collection are unedited, but for, the, for changes to protect the women's identity or to prevent the identity of for-profit enterprises that do not offer government-funded programs. For example, dates, some geographical names, and the names of department or grocery stores are withheld, while the names of non-governmental organizations engaged in relevant government-funded programs are not. Two additional NGOs are mentioned in the stories, the Salvation Army and WAVA, or Women Against Violence Against Women. WAVA is the only organization in the Cowichan Valley offering counseling and other services specifically geared to women and families who have experienced violence. Any attempt to hide its identity would be pointless and also unnecessary. When a storyteller talks of the food bank or soup kitchen, she almost always means the organization closest to her home that provides food services to low-income people. There are one or more food banks in most locales in the Cowichan Valley. The report, Phase 1, The Issues, represents my own interpretation and analysis, supported by the storytellers, of the dominant themes in our stories. The report, Phase 2, The Recommendations, details the recommendations developed by the storytellers for both policy change and the personal actions other women in poverty might take to help eradicate poverty in their communities. The stories present the reality of these women's lies in their own words and as they see it. While neither Wise nor I take a position regarding the validity of their statements, we wholeheartedly support these women's right to have their voices heard. The method by which a story was created is indicated in the following manner. Auto indicates a story written by the woman herself. Auto to interview is a story that began as auto but was completed by interview. Interview indicates a story constructed by the interviewer from the storyteller's own words taken from transcript. 
Interview to Otto is a story that began by interview but was completed by the storyteller. All finalized stories required the storyteller's signed approval regardless of method used.